I'm being repressed. You, you, you're, you, you're crazy. That's what I think. You're, you're screwing. Any time you got nothing to do, lots of time to do it. Come up. By the way, ladies and gentlemen, as always, this stuff in lieu of actual entertainment. All righty then. Hello and welcome back. This is Storytime, and I am Gamer Dude. Glad to have you with us for some more stories this week. Today, as the title of the episode suggests, we're talking about condoms, girly magazines, and soft poor pornography. I know, it's soft core pornography. I know, I know, I know. I heard that malapropism some time ago. I don't remember where, but it always made me laugh, so I figured I'd throw it in the title to the episode. What inspired this today is something we were talking about in the stream last week. It's the differences in society and our views of these things, condoms and girly magazines and pornography. We just call it porn now, but we used to differentiate softcore, hardcore. But it's very, very different in the world today than when I grew up. And I wanted to talk about this because it kind of explains the way... The generations view things, and maybe it'll help the kids understand why their parents are so weird, because we grew up very repressed, very repressed, and very uneducated, too. I mean, we had education, but as I mentioned in the episode I did about relationships, we didn't talk about things like sex and intimacy and being close with somebody. We didn't talk about it. Basically, we were just left to our own devices to figure this stuff out. So I just figured I'd walk you through some of this history here and also explain why it was so embarrassing. Because we didn't talk about it. That's why it was so embarrassing to buy condoms, to buy girly magazines, to go to a soft, poor, pornography movie theater. Or, heaven forbid, the XXX movies. Today, we're much freer talking about it. Not everybody. Not everybody likes to talk about this stuff. But you know what? Sex and nudity and all the related topics are a part of life. There's nothing wrong with talking about it in an adult way. So I'm going to try to keep this kind of adult. I did make the conscious decision to lump all these topics together because they are all interrelated, at least from a young man's perspective from the time that I was growing up. Condoms had to do with sex. Girly magazines had to do with sex. And of course, triple X movies and even the soft core all had to do with sex. And growing up as a young man, sex is always on your mind. That doesn't change too much as you get older, by the way. You may prioritize things differently, but it's still there. But in any event, when you're growing up as a horny teenager or as a horny pre-teenager, depending on how precocious you are, you think about this stuff. You worry about this stuff. Now, my generation is one of the first generations where they started teaching things about sex in health class. And that was outrageous to a lot of people. It still is but even more so years ago. And we didn't learn a lot. We learned the basics. Well, the man's penis gets erect and the woman's vagina, you know, it was all that stuff. They didn't talk about any of the buildup to it or the aftermath of it. They just talked about, well, then the sperm finds the egg. Yeah, okay, but how do I get to that point? They didn't draw you a roadmap on how to get to that point. They just took you to the end of the movie. So there wasn't a lot of detail. And there wasn't a lot of focus on birth control. I mean, they did talk about it. But don't forget, birth control was not always accepted by every religion or everybody. It wasn't practiced. It wasn't a thing. So we had a passing reference to condoms, but they weren't even called condoms at the time. I mean, they were called condoms, but everybody referred to them as prophylactics. We weren't taught about what a condom was. We were taught about what a prophylactic was. And the nickname, of course, was rubbers. 
They were also referred to as condoms in passing, but it wasn't a huge focus. It was proper birth control methods included the use of prophylactics. And when I was learning this stuff, I didn't know what the hell a prophylactic was. I didn't want to ask. I was afraid of looking stupid. And somewhere along the line, I finally made the connection. Oh, prophylactics and rubbers and condoms are all pretty much the same thing. We also learned that all condoms weren't the same. Back in the day, there was the natural condom, which was the lambskin, which, by the way, you don't see very much anymore because lambskin condoms, which weren't really lambskin, they were made out of a part of the intestine of the lamb. I know it's gross, right? Wait a minute. You would take a piece of lamb intestine and use it? Yes, 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 you would. Oh, and by the way, lambskin condoms kind of fell out of favor with the advent of some of the more aggressive STDs because they're not as effective at preventing STDs as latex or other kinds of condoms, because they're natural. There's little tiny pores in them that allow STD viruses to be transmitted. But we had lambskin condoms, and we had the actual rubber condoms. I mean, it's not rubber. Condoms are actually made of latex or polyurethane, but rubber covers it, literally. Sorry. It was right there. But once we learned the use of condoms... Then came the hard part, having to purchase them. Nobody wanted to go to the store and purchase condoms, especially if you're a teenager or even a young 20-year-old or a young 30-year-old in some cases. Because we were so repressed, because we didn't want to talk about sex, because we didn't want to admit that we were having sex, there was something about going to the store to purchase condoms that was embarrassing. And they made it worse because back in the day, condoms weren't on display anywhere in the store. In order to purchase a condom, you had to go to the pharmacist at the drugstore and ask the pharmacist for condoms. Yes, they kept them behind the pharmacy counter. You couldn't just go into a store, pull one off the rack, and go to the checkout line. It's like they had two lines of defense. First, you had to go ask for the condom. Then you would have to go up to the register and pay for the condom. So you had two stops on the embarrassment train. Excuse me, sir, I need a box of rubbers. And then the inevitable question, how many would you like? I don't know. How many do I need? So you had to deal with that when you went to go buy condoms. You had to know what you were looking for. You had to ask the pharmacist for it. And then you had to go to the checkout line and pay for it. And there was always some cute girl working the register when you're buying your condoms, which somehow added to the embarrassment. So you would never just go in and buy a box of condoms. Well, I need this candy bar and a quart of 30 weight motor oil. And a box of condoms. And you'd go check out three items. Nowadays, you can go into Walmart. Just go to the healthcare aisle and there you go. A whole display of condoms. By the way, they didn't even advertise condoms on TV for years. Because we didn't talk about that stuff. We as kids weren't supposed to know about it. And the adults just passed the knowledge on word of mouth, I guess. We didn't advertise them. There was something almost shameful in going to buy condoms. Which is crazy, isn't it? But that's the world that I grew up in. The other thing that was a part of the world that I grew up in? Girly magazines. <laughs> oh, my favorite topic as a preteen, young teen. Oh, yeah, looking for the girly magazines, trying to get our hands on one. That was like the quest for the Holy Grail. And by the way, I want to preface what I'm about to say with a couple of caveats. I know that a lot of people believe that girly magazines objectify women, and I'm not going to deny that they do. Because a lot of times you're looking at a naked woman in a girly magazine and you go, well, that's a naked woman in a girly magazine. And a lot of guys go, ha, 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 and that's all they think about. 
And a lot of times these magazine publishers were just making money off of these girls who just wanted to make their own money. So they took pictures and put them in the magazine. And the magazine publisher made a mint doing this, taking advantage of poor young women. And that happened too. But don't forget, when you're a preteen brought up in the time that I was brought up, which was a time when we were still much more willing to objectify women, these were our standards of beauty. These are the images we were using when we were out dating. Well, she looks like this girl. I like that. Society was much, much more willing to objectify women back then than it is now. It still happens, don't get me wrong. But the other thing that tempers my view is how I was brought up. Yes, you can appreciate a beautiful woman. I did then, I still do now. But you can appreciate that without necessarily objectifying the woman. And as you grow older, you learn the difference. So while I understand the concerns that people have about girly magazines, they were a reality of the world that I grew up in. And they were a reality for every guy that I knew. And yes, we all wanted to see them. Because they showed us things we weren't allowed to otherwise see. And for some of us late bloomers, it was the only opportunity we had to actually see a naked girl. And when you're young and interested in that kind of thing, that was the only place to go. We did not have the internet. I know that I say this a lot, but the internet is so pervasive in our lives. It's everything. It's on our phone. It's on our computers. It's on our laptops. It's everywhere. And if we want to see naked boobs, we can just type that into our phone and boom, there's some naked boobs for you. And anybody can do that of any age. When I was a kid and when I was a preteen and when I was a teenager, yeah, I wanted to see naked boobs, but there was no place to do it except the girly magazines. So that's why we wanted them. But when you're 12, 13, 14 years old, there's no place to go for girly magazines except dad's closet or in my case, dad's shop. But all the other guys in the neighborhood had the same problem. They all wanted to see the naked boobs. We just didn't have an avenue for it until we discovered the cache of magazines in my dad's work cabinet. Now, I'm 95% sure my dad didn't subscribe to Playboy magazine, but I'm also 95% sure that my dad would not turn down the Playboy magazines that came up at an auction because people sold old magazines all the time. And I'm sure this stack of Playboy magazines we found in the basement was the result of one of his auction trips. I'm sure for a couple of reasons. Number one, expense. But number two, they were much older magazines than the years that we were looking at them in. I could tell from the date they were hanging around for a while. I could also tell from the content why they were hanging around for a while. Kind of like National Geographic. My mother had a National Geographic collection. Guys never throw away Playboy magazines. You just don't. So the guys in the neighborhood and I were rooting around the cellar one time. We looked into the cabinet and there was the stack. Was it 10? Was it 12 magazines? Something like that. Mom was upstairs. We were in the basement. We took the first one off the top of the stack. I don't remember who was in it. I don't remember what was in it, except for the fact there was naked girls in there. And oh boy, were we happy that we found these magazines. All of a sudden, the basement got really quiet. Ordinarily, when you have a bunch of guys in the basement, it's kind of rowdy. You're throwing things, you're roughhousing, you're playing guns, you're playing swords, whatever. You pull out the magazine, it's like you've walked into a library. And we'd all huddle around the magazine in the back corner of the basement and flip through the magazine. It's probably hard to imagine... For a generation of folks who've never grown up with actual magazines as part of their lives. But the magazine was the source of our naked boobs. That's the only place we could see them. Now, a lot of you guys probably know the name Hugh Hefner. He's the guy who founded Playboy magazine and he built his fortune, I guess is the best way to put it, empire on taking pictures of naked girls and building a magazine around them. And of course, people complained about it. People said, oh, society is going right to the garbage dump. We now have naked girls and magazines. Oh, there was outrage about Playboy. 
Still is, but it was much more outspoken when I was a kid. We can't have pictures of naked women out there so people can look at them. I mean, that was basically the philosophy. And Hugh Hefner said, (laughs) I like naked women. I'm putting them in my magazine. And that's what he did. Now, he also did try to legitimize the magazine a little bit. He had the Playboy interview, which was a big focal point of each issue. And he had actual journalists conducting actual interviews with very important people or very famous people. And people would sit down for the Playboy interview. And quite honestly, there were some really good interviews that came from that era. And he also had great writers in there and they would submit articles. I mean, great writers at the time. Some of the names you might know, Dan Greenberg, Woody Allen, Art Buckwald. They all submitted articles and had things published in Playboy. Also, Gene Shepard. Yes, Gene Shepard, who wrote A Christmas Story, the beloved movie. He also wrote for Playboy. So yeah, Hugh Hefner would try to dress up the magazine and classy it up a bit with some of this good stuff. But everybody knew that the point of Playboy was the naked boobs, including us kids. We knew that. Now, the only magazine that I knew of when I was really young was Playboy. It was everywhere. It was the popular magazine. After Playboy had been out for a few years, a guy named Bob Guccione started his own men's magazine, Penthouse. Penthouse was the challenger to Playboy. Once we discovered there was Penthouse, we were interested in seeing those magazines too. Because again, that was the only way we could see that stuff. Now, when you're 12, 13, 14 years old, you don't get to go into the store to buy that. You just couldn't. You had to confine yourself to whatever you could find in your dad's shop or under the mattress or in the closet. But you do get to a point in your life where you're old enough to go buy the magazines if you really want to. And of course, magazines like Playboy and Penthouse would try to get famous names in there to get people to buy more magazines. And sure enough, there were some celebrities who posed in Playboy. Farrah Fawcett was in there. Joan Collins was in there. Kim Basinger was in there. Now, these names may sound older to some of you, but they were the big stars when I was a kid. And having a big star pose in a magazine where they showed naked boobs? Of course we wanted to see that magazine. Unlike today where you get these naked pictures on iPhone leaks, or some wannabe celebrity accidentally on purpose leaks a sex tape, or you have the paparazzi out there taking pictures of celebrities on their vacations, and you can see pictures of pretty much anybody doing anything these days. Back when I was a kid, it was rare. And scandalous. Now, don't get me wrong, folks like Farrah Fawcett, Kim Bassinger, they really didn't reveal too much in these photo shoots they did for Playboy. They were tasteful photographs. Scantily clad Farrah Fawcett, scantily clad Joan Collins. But it was enough to get you to go buy the magazine. And that's what Hugh Hefner was counting on. But just like condoms, if you wanted to go buy a magazine, when you got to be the right age to go buy such a magazine... Nine times out of ten, you had to go through a very similar process to buying condoms. They usually didn't have Playboy and Penthouse out on the magazine rack. There was really not a place between Rolling Stone and Car and Driver where Penthouse and Playboy would naturally fit. Plus, towns didn't want those magazines easily available to their kids by having them on public display. Oh no, we don't want our kids to know there's naked boobs out there. No, they would have the men's magazine behind the counter at the register. So you would have to go ask for it? Hi, I'd like a copy of this month's Playboy, please. Nobody wanted to do that, especially if it was a cute girl working the register. I mean, I'm sure some guys had no problem, but it was always a weird thing to go up and ask for a Playboy magazine. I never felt comfortable going to the register and saying, Hi, I'd like a copy of Playboy and Penthouse, please. It was a guilt thing, I'm telling you. Society made you feel guilty for wanting to buy condoms and for wanting to look at naked boobs. Society and your mom, of course. I did learn you could subscribe to the magazines. That way you didn't have to go ask anybody. They just deliver the naked boobs to your door. 
And my mom was actually cool with it. I mean, I didn't subscribe when I was 13 years old. But when I went away to college, that was a different story. But that's how you avoided having to ask the girl behind the counter for the magazine. You just had him deliver it to your house. And of course, in the back of my head, I'm thinking, the mailman must think I'm a real perv. But that's what they drilled into your head. Well, if you want to look at naked boobs, you must be perverted. Nah, I was just a healthy, horny teenager. That's all it was. But they made you feel guilty for wanting to do that. Which, on the one hand, made you want to do it more. But on the other hand, you felt guilty for wanting to do it more. It was a no-win situation. But back in the day, there was tons of these magazines out there. We talked about it the other night in the stream. I was trying to come up with all of the names, in addition to Playboy and Penthouse. And we came up with a few of them. I came up with a few more. There was Wii Magazine. Wii French, as in Wii Wii. O-U-I, not W-E. Wii was one of the big ones out there. There was also Cavalier, and High Society, and Chic, and Gallery. And the reason I remember Cavalier is because that's one of the magazines where Stephen King, yes, that Stephen King, got some of his earliest work published. Stephen King wrote some of his early fiction, which was short stories. He wrote those for men's magazines. If you get the book Night Shift and you look at the credits, you can see where all of those short stories were first published in Cavalier. Because just like Playboy, the men's magazines would always dress themselves up as trying to be something more than just a nudie magazine. So they would put in articles and sometimes interviews. And the articles were written by up-and-coming authors like Stephen King. They would pay him something like a dime a word or a nickel a word or in some cases a penny a word. But they would publish these articles to make their magazines a little more legitimate. I discovered a lot of these other magazines in my college days because, you know, college is for education. So I wanted to learn about all these things. And I had a good number of friends who introduced me to some of these more adult magazines. Because the interesting thing you learn when you go to college is you're not alone. You're not alone in the desire to see naked boobs. And so, yes, going to college did further my education. Now, of course, as a horny teenager, in addition to the naked boobs in the magazine that you wanted to see, you also wanted to see it live. Or at least, you know, in a movie. That's where the X-rated movies come from. In the episode title, I call it Soft Poor Cornography. That comes from twisting the phrase softcore pornography because there was a difference. Softcore and hardcore pornography are different things. Softcore pornography is basically naked boobs and simulated sex. You didn't really see anything. You saw a lot of motion, a lot of boobs, a lot of butts. Hardcore, when I was growing up, you saw everything. I'm not going to get too graphic. I'm pretty sure we're all adult enough to know what I mean when I say you saw everything. You saw erections ejaculations, insertions, and everything in between. That's what hardcore was when I was a kid. There were no opportunities to see hardcore pornography anywhere but in the X-rated movies. Again, no internet. You couldn't just click on anything. You had to actually go seek it out if you wanted to see it. And again, just like buying condoms, buying girly magazines, trying to find hardcore pornography was a huge challenge back in the day. Now again, I have college to thank for furthering my education in this field. The first X-rated movie that I ever saw was in college, freshman year. There was a movie theater about a mile away from the campus, and on Friday nights they would run the midnight movies. And once a month, they would have triple X features at the midnight movies. Imagine that, a movie theater in a college town playing triple X movies. I wonder what the thought process was. Do you think they might have had a captive audience for that? We didn't think along those lines. We just realized, they're showing X-rated movies down the street. Let's go. So a whole group of guys on the floor that I was living on picked Friday night, midnight showing, 
to go see Debbie Does Dallas. I don't remember a thing about the movie, except, you know, there was naked boobs in it. It involved a cheerleader, and I remember that because the Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders were a big thing back then. And it was cool to do because it was a group of guys, and we were just going out, rowdy college students, Friday night, midnight showing. Who's going to say anything? And of course they didn't say anything. They took our money and let us go sit in the movie theater, and we watched Debbie Does Dallas. That was one of the X-rated movies that I'd heard about when I was a kid. Others, Deep Throat, which you can use your imagination and figure out what that's about. Never saw it. Heard about it. Behind the Green Door. Never saw it. Heard about it. But Debbie Does Dallas, that one we'd heard about, and everybody on the floor wanted to go see that one. So we did. But that's the only time that I've been to a triple X movie, because there is something embarrassing about going out to a triple X movie. Even if you're going with a bunch of guys from your floor, it's just a little weird. But that didn't stop you from wanting to see the naked boobs on film. You still wanted to. It was just difficult to find an outlet for that. Until cable. Cable started putting out adult channels. In addition to ESPN and HBO and Showtime, the cable systems included channels like Cinemax, which was notorious for softcore. Lots of naked boobs. Playboy had a channel. Penthouse had a channel. Sadly, they weren't free. You had to pay extra to get the good stuff. And I didn't have cable in college. And when I got home, my dad was certainly not going to pay for cable for the summer so that I could watch Cinemax or Playboy or Penthouse. I'm trying to imagine that conversation. Uh, Dad, there's this channel I'd like to add to our uh, cable plan. That was not going to happen. But the way TV worked back then... You could still go to the channel where Cinemax was or the Playboy channel was, and you could put that channel on your TV. They did scramble the signal so that it was kind of like watching through a lot of staticky interference, but you'd get periods of time like 10, 15 seconds where something was happening and you could actually figure out what it was, and you'd be watching it and you'd go, oh, that, I think, oh yeah, I did see that. Nowadays, the worst thing you have to worry about is buffering. Back when I was growing up, you had to worry about static, vertical hold horizontal hold. The point of all that is, it's very different now. When I grew up, society in general was very repressed with this stuff, whether it was condoms or naked boobs in magazines or people doing it on film. Society took a dim view of that. And so when you wonder why some of the older folks are repressed, they don't like to talk about sex, they're embarrassed about it, a lot of it is because the pressure of society made us nervous and guilty about things that are pretty natural parts of life, really. There's no reason to feel guilty about having a body or enjoying it. It's taken us a long time to realize that. When I was a kid, oh no, the guilty pleasures of life. No, <laughs> We were not allowed to even think about that, or at least verbalize that we were thinking about that. So we had to go in the basement and sneak dad's magazines out. And we had to wait till we went away to college to see stuff. And then we didn't talk about it. At least not with our parents. God, no. Well, gamer dude, what did you do Friday night? Oh, mom, we went to the movies. Oh, what did you see? Ah, nothing good. That's not something you talk about with your mom. That was not a conversation we were going to have. It is a conversation we can have nowadays with our kids and with each other. It's easier to talk about it now because society doesn't put the guilt on us anymore that it used to put on us. Sometimes it does, and it depends on where you live. And it depends on who your parents are, of course. But thankfully, we're a little more open than we used to be. You can actually go in and buy a box of condoms and nobody thinks twice about it. And overall, I think that's a pretty good thing. By the way, Playboy magazine, yeah, it featured a lot of naked boobs and a lot of beautiful women over the years. 
It also gave us a bunch of movie stars and TV stars. And you may not realize how many famous names came from Playboy. Now, Marilyn Monroe was in the first Playboy ever published. That was way back in 1953. They had a naked cheesecake shot of Marilyn Monroe, and she was the first centerfold. And by the way, centerfold? Hugh Hefner had this great idea. He would take this huge portrait and put it in the middle of the magazine, literally the middle of the magazine. They used to hold the magazines together with staples. That's why it was called the center fold, because it was in the center of the magazine. And then rather than just being the two pages next to each other, there was an extra page that would fold out. So you would have a huge picture of the naked girl of that month. So Marilyn Monroe was in there back in 1953. That's how far back Playboy magazine went. But they had people like Barbie Benton, Shannon Tweed, Anna Nicole Smith, all kind of B-movie actresses, all started in Playboy magazine. A couple of names you also probably know because they're still around. Pamela Anderson. She started in Playboy. And you've seen Jenny McCarthy, also from Playboy. So yeah, they used this forum to advance their careers. So whatever you think of Playboy, it helped these women. They took advantage of the opportunity that Playboy presented. Anyway, that's going to do it for this week's episode of Storytime. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for listening. I can't thank you enough for all the time that you spend here. I can't thank you enough for taking the time to listen to this episode and every episode. You guys are awesome. Until next time, you guys take care of yourselves. And I'll see you when I see you.